Hi, I'm Jeannie Patel-Thompson of ListenToYourGut.com. I specialize in natural healing for digestive diseases like Crohn's, colitis, etc. Welcome to part three of Wi-Fi, cell phones, and power lines, their safety and protection with Dr. Magda Havas. Magda is the Associate Professor of Environmental and Resource Studies at Trent University. She received her PhD from the University of Toronto, completed postdoc research at Cornell University, and taught at the University of Toronto before going to Trent University, also in Ontario, Canada, where she is currently uh, an Associate Professor. So let's move on to another aspect of of this whole um, you know, occurrence, and let's let's get away from wireless computers. Let's talk about cell phones because our school has a policy. It's an elementary school. It has a policy mm-hmm. that no cell phones are to be turned on in the school or on the school grounds at any time. Mm-hmm. So that's the policy. Now, it, you know, enforcing that policy is an entirely different um, thing. And I, I've said to the principal, listen, these are children. Mm-hmm. They are texting each other underneath their desk. <laughs> They are, they are, they, as soon as recess, they go outside because, you know, my kids are telling me, look, so-and-so has their cell phone on in their pocket all day and he's sitting two desks away from me. Mm-hmm. So the principals said, well, if you come and tell me, I will, t- I will take the phone away from that child for the day and I will explain to that child. Okay, great. But you know what else the principal said? On the other hand, she said, you know, I have parents like you coming in in your position is that, cell phones and wireless computers are dangerous and you want them out of the school. She said, I have a whole other set of parents coming in to me saying, why are you making my child turn off their cell phone? My child should be accessible to me all day long. I want my child's cell phone left on so that I can text or I can reach him when I need to. But why would they need to reach them during class? Well, because they're all psycho about this. They've all gone nuts over this technology. Like you said, you go out for dinner and they're checking it every half an hour. People Mm -hmm. have gone a bit crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but I found it interesting seeing it from her perspective that she's she's being like she's being like whammed from both sides because mm-hmm. she's got one set of parents saying this and she's got another set of parents saying that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen even you know when I've tried to share the information with other parents, um, I've got they don't them, want you know, to know. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're like you know you you should not be doing this. Take me mm-hmm. off the list. How you know you're abusing the list and then mm-hmm. making jokes. Oh look, I've got my cell phone. Am I going to get a brain tumor? You know, ha ha. Yeah. You know, so it's it's the resistance is quite um, entrenched from all sides. It is. Yeah. But but now let me ask you another another scenario because all right, so I got a neighbor. All right, she's got cordless phones that she's on a lot. Mm-hmm. She's got two computers. Uh, that are both wireless, mm-hmm. and the adults are on one and the children are on the other. The children have Nintendos that they play wireless because they play each other. Mm-hmm. And her kids are all under the age of eight. She's got three kids under the age of eight. Now, she's looking at her family going, look, if this technology is so dangerous, somebody would be showing some signs of something. And I'm saying, well, maybe you don't know what signs to look for. So mm-hmm. based on what you know, with that kind of oh, and her house is also a thousand meters away from a power line, a, a mm-hmm. huge power line with cell phone towers sitting on top of it. So she does have the other exposure coming into her house as well. Mm-hmm. What should she look for in her kids as a checklist to go? Are they doing this? Are they exhibiting this? So that maybe what she perceives as her children not being effective, affected mm-hmm. by this, maybe they mm-hmm. actually are. What would you tell her to look for? Well, the symptoms of electrical sensitivity are quite long, but I'll, I'll list the most common ones. 
Um, they include difficulty sleeping, so not having a restful sleep at night, uh, waking up in the morning tired, feeling fairly tired during the day. Some people call it chronic fatigue, and, and those are the symptoms. Having body aches and pains, which seems to be more of a problem in, in adults rather than children. But children do get headaches, and um, that's very uncommon for kids to, to develop headaches. Um, difficulty concentrating, problems with poor short-term memory, uh, difficulty focusing on anything. Uh, having mood disorders, either depression, anxiety, irritability. Uh, skin problems is another one that comes up quite regularly where you just develop a rash or something on your skin that, you know, might go away, might stay. Um, but it Does it look like to... eczema? Does it it could a... look like eczema. Right. Actually, eczema can can be exacerbated by this, and it can clear up mm-hmm. when you're no longer exposed. We've had one, one individual um, whose health, her eczema virtually went away uh, when they stopped their exposure. Um, but I don't know if that will happen, you know, for everyone. Um, so skin problems is another one. Nausea, uh, some dizziness, in severe cases vertigo. Uh, nightly urinations, uh, we find that adults have to go more regularly at night and children might bed wet when they're exposed to this radiation, whereas they don't do it when they're not exposed. Nosebleeds actually is one of the symptoms uh, in some cases. So there, there are really quite a few, oh, ringing in the ears, um, difficulty with vision, um, that's sporadic. It, it changes. Your vision goes bad, and then it then it improves again. Um, these any are di- the, any digestive or bowel. Um, I I don't know about things like uh, constipation or diarrhea, but nausea is one of one of the problems. And very often, individuals who are sensitive, they just don't have an appetite. They just don't want to eat because they're feeling kind of nauseous. Mm. Gotcha. So the you know so once again you know th- these could be brought on by a lot of things so it's not just this but if if kids have those symptoms I'd be very concerned about that uh, and just by reducing- and like you said like you said these things can be brought on by a lot of things and so the way to test would be switch to wired computers get rid of the cordless phone in the house and even just reducing that amount of exposure and and get them not to play their Nintendos on wireless mode anymore. Um, If they play their Nintendos just regularly, is that okay? Well, oh, yes. Yeah, that should be fine. As long as it's wired, it shouldn't be a problem at all. And what about a Wii? I haven't ever measured a Wii, so I don't don't want to hazard a guess on that. But that's obviously something I should do because kids are exposed to that, so... Yeah. Well, and there's more and more toys coming out that have a wireless component. Yeah, and I don't so, buy any of those for my grandkids at all because I just don't want right. them exposed. You know, I, and as much fun as they are to play with, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, they can find something else that's not not um, exposing them. Now, there are things you can, there are things you can do if you happen to live near someone who has this technology. There are there's film you can put on your windows that blocks. Uh, some of the radiation coming in. So if you happen to live near a cell phone tower, for example, and, and you you know you can't you can't move for whatever reason, um, and you just want to minimize your exposure, you can put a special film on your windows that will reflect anywhere from 80 to 90 percent of the radiation back out. Um, there's fabric you can put on your windows as curtains that um, uh, allows a little bit of the light in and uh, keeps the radiation out. Extremely sensitive people put a Put, take this fabric and make a canopy around their bed so that during the night they're sleeping in a very, very clean environment 
and that allows their body to recover, and so during the day they can tolerate it somewhat better as a result. Some people wear clothing that has silver fabric, silver fiber, mesh, uh, mesh uh, and that reflects the radiation. Some electrically sensitive people swear by it, and others can't use it. It irritates them. So it's a very individual um, thing as to whether or not it, it actually helps you or, or has no effect or makes it worse. But we've measured the radiation blockage, and it's it's considerable with these these materials. Do you think, because I know I thought, oh, good, well, I'll just get my kids, I'll make them, you know, some clothing out of this mm-hmm. um, radiation-blocking right. fabric, and then they'll be fine in school. And then someone said, no, don't do that, because because of the silver in the fabric, mm-hmm. it then becomes highly conductive. So if you're looking at a high electrical environment like a school, mm-hmm. you may be blocking the radiation, but now but the child is the conducting. That's right. Which is, you know, you've sort of 12 or a dozen, you've changed one for, you know, something that can be equally bad. So then I'm like, well, now what do I do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some people who are very sensitive, they will they will wear uh, something over their clothing when they travel, so they're not exposed as much. And they do claim that they, they feel much better as a result. So, as I say, it has to be an individual thing as to whether or not you feel better. And if once your body becomes that sensitized, it will tell you whether or not it's it's a good thing for your body to have or not. Most of us are so out of tune with our body that we just don't, you know, we we have tension and pain, and we don't even we're not even aware of it. Uh, but electrically sensitive people don't have that luxury, and um, they're very sensitive and and can tell whether or not something is good for them or is harming them. But by the same token, then we're back to that same dilemma of, okay, well, it makes me feel better, so now I can continue to go to school, but we don't mm-hmm. know what the long-term... What the long-term, correct, correct. Of, ...of the biological processes being disrupted in the body are going to be. That's so right. in a way, I'm almost thinking, you know, that's it's, it's, it's half a solution, but if it means that in five or ten years your child's going to have cancer or leukemia, mm-hmm. well, what's the point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like... You know, I mean, I think as as people become more and more educated, I mean, my own children, because they read my blog posts and we discuss things, mm-hmm. my eldest son, who's 10, he got to the point where he said, you know what, I, I'm not going to school. And, and my husband, of course, had a fit. He's just using this as an excuse to stay home from school. And mm-hmm. I said, well, you know what, he actually is, is very cognizant of the facts. And so I said, okay, well, if you're going to stay home from school, why don't you do a report? Mm-hmm. on this technology and on the dangers of it, especially pertaining to children. So the week that he stayed home, that's what he did. And, and then we actually turned that into a website, mm-hmm. radiationeducation.com. And because the kids are now starting to say, well, you know, meanwhile, everybody's telling us it's safe, but we're the ones who are there getting radiated every day mm-hmm. while mom and dad stay home in a low-radiation environment. Right. You know, it's, and so it's just you, you start to go, I'm living in a surreal world here because I'm sending my kids. Like if you said to me, would you work in an office that has Wi-Fi, I would say no way. Mm-hmm. But yet I'm sending yeah. my kids to a school that has wireless because I'm feeling – so trapped. I've got opposition from my husband who says, look, it's it's nuts. They are going to be okay. They're strong. Look at them. They're fine. Do you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. so much. It's it's almost like the vaccination issue when it yes. first came out, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, you're the only one saying the world is round and everybody else is saying it's flat. It's, it's very similar to that, yeah. And the fact that, you know, 90% of the population thinks the world is flat doesn't make it flat. Exactly. So um, it's not a it's not a 
popularity contest as to whether the information is correct or not. Someone's correct. We don't know who, but we will in a few years' time. <laughs> well, and also then you have to look at the existing cancer rates. I yeah. mean, they're one in three. Oh, it's if horrible. It just, I mean, come on. Obviously, there's something very wrong with what we're doing mm-hmm. on a daily basis to have yeah. cancer rates that are that high. That's right. Actually, Dr. Sam Millam just wrote a, a book called um, Dirty Electricity, and he believes that cancers, heart disease, depression, diabetes are all diseases of, of our you know, 21st century diseases, and he's linked every single one of them to electromagnetic exposure in studies that have been done. And so is he he's not just talking about this microwave radiation, he's talking about power lines, dirty electricity, things like that, right? That's right. He's talking about the whole whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's another argument you see on on internet sites where people are, you know, say there's a news story and then people post their comments mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, these are the same Luddites. I remember this whole thing erupted when, you know, electricity and people were going crazy over power lines. And look, it's yeah. all fine. Nothing ever happened with that. And I'm saying everybody is so misinformed. Well, actually quite a bit happened. We now have um, low-frequency magnetic fields classified as a Class 2B carcinogen, which means possibly carcinogenic. And that was based on childhood leukemia studies. So so something did come out of that. Mm-hmm. And we know it's occupationally related to various types of cancers, from breast cancer to brain tumors and to leukemia in workers who are exposed to high levels of magnetic field in their jobs. So, Okay, so let, let's talk about some of those. Um, because when I look at this, the cancer cluster studies near cell towers, okay, mm-hmm. they say, you know, they always talk about you've got cancer clusters near cell towers, mm-hmm. but it's rare that they define what that distance, and then I found a study, it's called the NILA study, concluded that the risk of newly developing cancer was three times higher among those patients who had lived during the past 10 years within a distance of 400 meters from a cellular transmitter. Right. In comparison to those that had lived far away. Well, what's far away? This is the other thing that's driving me nuts. Can somebody give me, can you give me some clear, what's the distance, what's the minimum distance you should be from a cell tower? Well, most of the studies are showing three to 400 meters. That's what they're documenting for cancers and for symptoms of electrosensitivity. Um, so I, I think that's probably fairly good. If you want to be on the safe side, probably 500 meters would be the best um, estimate. Uh, so but beyond 500 that, meters from 500 a meters tower. from a cell tower, that's right. When it comes to broadcast towers like radio and television, do you remember we talked about them right at the beginning? And we know yeah. they're not at microwave frequencies. They're at lower frequencies, but they're more powerful. And so the um, distance from those is anywhere from 2 to 4 kilometers So if you're near a broadcast antenna for a TV station or a radio station, then ideally you should be between, you should be at least uh, four kilometers away. And that's what the studies are showing. And when you say, you say, and we discussed the difference between the frequency, when you say they're more powerful, are you talking about voltage? No, I'm talking about wattage. The wattage is the the power that they have. The more powerful they are, the greater area they can reach. Oh, right, okay. so you have some radio stations that can do, you know, they spread out in, you know, from Ontario to to the uh, United States, and then some are local. You know, they service a, a community, so they don't have the same amount of power, the wattage, uh, for their station. And then, how about power lines? 
you know, like the great big ones. Yeah, they're there. We're concerned primarily about the voltage. They're called um, high voltage transmission lines. So they, the higher the voltage, the higher the electric field, and the more current they carry, the thicker the wires, or the more wires they are, the higher the magnetic field. So it's those two things we're, we're most concerned about. And so what would be the safe distance that you would need to be away from those? Um, for them, I'm trying to remember. Um, it it depends to, it, you know, it's interesting. Most people think the high-voltage transmission lines are the ones we should avoid, but the ones on your street have very high magnetic fields sometimes. So their voltage is, their electric field is low, but their magnetic field is high. And, you know, if you're on a street and you're 20, 30 meters away, you're probably being exposed to an elevated magnetic field. Um, and that comes into your home, unlike the electric field that doesn't. It's it's blocked by, by the brick and mortar and windows and everything else. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so the electric field the is electric just outside, field. but the magnetic field penetrates. And um, I'm trying to think. I think it's about 100 meters, at least 100 meters away. Um, you'd get very close to background levels. From the big power lines? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the street? The From big. the big power lines. Oh, okay. So the big power lines are a lot less dangerous than I thought they were. It's the electric field that's a problem with them. So if you're outside, you're going to be exposed to very high electric field. As a matter of fact, some of these lines will light up a fluorescent tube. There's enough electricity to excite the molecules in a fluorescent tube. And you can have you go stand there with a fluorescent tube. Oh, yeah. You hold up. up a tube and it'll light up. Oh, my Lord. Well, that's yeah. a good test. Yeah. <laughs> that's an easy test. Because around here, we a lot of these people, they've got them in their fields, and their house is sitting underneath, and their oh. cows are in the field nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Cows tend to abort um, uh, when, they, when they're near power lines, uh, or they don't take. They have real problems with reproduction. Some of them have. Well, don't. Don't all these different sources of, of both electric and magnetic radiation, don't they really depress milk production in cows as well? Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they cause egg embryos to mutate, and they're causing all kinds of damage to the animals, aren't they? They are. And the vets are telling me that more and more animals um, are coming down with cancers in cities compared to countries where you're close to the power lines than you would be out in the country environment. So there's an increase... Um, Incidents of of cancers and pets that live near power lines. Okay, and for more information about Dr. Magda Havas or to contact her, you can go to her website at www.magdahavas.com. That's spelled M as in mother, A G as in go, D as in dog, A H a v as in victor a s dot com and for more information about getting wi-fi out of your children's schools the particular effects that it has on children and all of the forms that you can get your principal to sign that you can pass around to other mothers in your school a whole bunch of resources go to radiationeducation.com that's www.radiationeducation.com <laughs> 